Hi, and welcome to the Circle of Film Podcast. I'm Ryan, and join me as we step into The Lion King in today's review episode. What's this? What's this? The simply sensational standing ovation of Royal Dalton Musical. What is this? Let me just start this episode off with a couple of things. Um, if uh, you follow me on Twitter, uh, the last last week and this week I have been under the weather a little bit. Uh, I don't know if you can hear it right now. It may come out throughout this episode recording. Had a pretty bad sore throat. Still have a fairly bad sore throat at times. Uh, it feels okay right now, so I'm going to try and get this episode out. and Hopefully it gets better tomorrow and we can do an episode tomorrow and Friday. Um, but yeah, so Wednesday, Thursday, Friday schedule again this week, and hopefully I can get through whatever this cold sinus allergy thing is and, uh, get back to the normal schedule as it's supposed to be because the Lion King, as, uh, you may have guessed, uh, from not only the name of this podcast, but also how many of the intros end, or at least the, the general intro, and then I, I chose to use that one for this episode as well because it ends with a, a snippet of The Circle of Life. This is the Circle of Film podcast, and uh, The Lion King is a pretty pretty important film to me. Um, you know, it was very seminal in, in my childhood. I watched it, you know, it came out when I was um, three-ish. I think three, summer when I was three, and I know, uh, I think I saw the Broadway show when I was six or seven, and I, you know, knew all the songs from this movie, from the Broadway show, I can't, I wanted to see the movie again and again, and it took so long for my grandparents to find a copy of it uh, on DVD, when DVDs became a thing. And by that point, they'd included The Morning Report as a song in the animated version um, after it became a thing in the Broadway show. Uh, I watched Lion King 1 and a half, Lion King 2, Simba's Pride, which I still think are the best, you know, like straight-to-DVD Disney sequels that are out there. Uh, the songs from Simba's Pride are fairly good, I think. And 1 and a half is okay. Um, it's not bad, necessarily, but it's it's okay. So, um, yeah, this is this was like the first favorite movie I ever had. And in the time since then, you know, that, that has changed. And, and I, I don't... I, I look back on it with, with nostalgia and reverence, but I, I don't hold it up as, you know, the pinnacle of film as I, I maybe once did if I kind of under if I understood what the pinnacle of film meant when I was you know 10 11 or 12 uh it's not even my favorite Disney movie anymore uh at this point but I you know I can't deny how much of an impact this this film this story has had on me and my life and and how it's impacted my viewing of film and what that ultimately really means because 
I think a lot of us, when we see these animated classics, you know, we are often drawn to the ones that we have the most uh, connection to. And sometimes the connection is only as, as uh, significant as I was the right age for it. But sometimes that connection is a little deeper. Uh, you know, for me, Simba and the Lion King, you know, Simba loses his father at a very young age, which I also did. And he had to kind of struggle to figure out who he was and, you know, where his place was and what he wanted to be. And, and I went through that. Uh, you know, I, I've grown through my life, you know, watching and experiencing uh, things that the way the way I think Simba has to a degree. Obviously, you know, my father's brother is not uh, the, the one responsible for his death and, and so on and so forth. But, you know, there are very many instances of this uh, elements in this movie that I found particularly... I don't know, uh, affecting to myself on on my life, and and it's um it's it's made revisiting the movie, uh, you know, each and every time I've done that difficult for for that reason, you know, it's it's very close to home, and uh you know as great of a thing that is for a film to be able to do it's also you know very emotional and very impactful with that in mind <clears throat> with that in mind uh they remade it in a CGI slash live action uh, version <clears throat> directed by John Favreau starring the voice talents of Donald Glover, Beyonce, James Earl Jones, Chiwetel Ejiofor, Alfre Woodard, John Oliver, John Connie, Seth Rogen, Billy Eichner, Eric Andre, Florence Kasumba, Keegan-Michael Key, Jihadi Wright-Joseph, Amy Sedaris, Phil Lamar, Chance the Rapper, a, a ton of people. A lot of big cast, huge cast. Favreau, <clears throat> notable for having directed the first two Iron Man movies, Elf, uh, as well as The Jungle Book, a previous Disney animated to live action uh, remake, which I really enjoyed. I had a great time with Jungle Book. I really do need to rewatch it because maybe it doesn't hold up quite as well as I think it does. But at the time, I, I really enjoyed it. So, of all the people to put this movie, to put it, put The Lion King, of all directors to hold this movie in their hands, I, I think. You know, John Favreau maybe not, maybe isn't the best, most talented director alive, but he's proven, in my opinion, that he's more than capable of of taking a beloved source material and giving it life and and breathing um, new life, whether that's technologically, visually, uh, or or otherwise, uh, into that 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 thing, you know. And uh, when you and as the ca as the cast announcements came out for the Lion King live action movie, I, it was just perfect. Bringing back James Earl Jones, I thought Edgy Four was a perfect choice to play a different version of Scar. Uh, you know, Jeremy Irons in the original was iconic. He's great Scar, but uh, similar to how you know Will Smith took over for Robin Williams in Aladdin, I didn't want the same character. I wanted it to be a little different. I didn't want it to be kind of just looking into Jeremy Irons. 
and <coughs> you get Beyonce and Donald Glover. Uh, I thought John Oliver as Zazu was really good. Um, Alfred Woodard is perfect for Sarabi. Seth Rogen and Billy Eichner as Timon and Pumbaa felt right. I, I mean, uh, the casting just felt really on point for this whole movie. So, leading up to the release, I was kind of expecting this to be one of my favorite movies of the year. I, I d- didn't see how it could possibly be awful. I thought that was completely off the table. And I thought likelihood was I was going to really enjoy it. And, um, you know, maybe not my favorite of the year. I think it was an, almost an impossible task for this to ma- match up to the original but certainly uh, in contention to make my top 10 at the end of the year or, or you know, top 20 maybe. Um, it, it felt like a kind of sure bet. And I, I think if you asked me, um, you know, in January, what movie I was looking forward to the most, it's probably The Lion King. Yeah. And then we got trailers. I think the first, like, spot dropped around the Super Bowl, question mark. I'm not sure about that entirely, but I think that's when it happened. As you know, I don't watch trailers, but the reaction I heard from most people was very positive. Uh, the The visuals were, as expected, wonderful, spectacular, brilliant, beautiful, photorealistic lions, completely done in CGI. And th- that's that in and of itself is is mind-boggling, right? And then, you know, trailers kept continued to come out. You know, we got Aladdin and Dumbo earlier this year, uh, which didn't quite hit the mark. You know, I thought Dumbo was pretty bad. I was disappointed. I, I really liked Tim Burton. And I thought he was a good choice to, to direct Dumbo, but I didn't like the movie. Uh, I think I did a review episode on it, but, but the, uh, the writing was kind of weak and that. So... Uh, then Aladdin was fun, uh, not not a good movie, but a fun movie, and and not as bad as 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 feared. So I was, I don't know. I think part of me expected or thought maybe that like because Dumbo's of visual effects were were pretty rough, and uh, there were moments in Aladdin that weren't great either. So it really did feel like the visual effects teams, the, the best visual effects teams that Disney had, were all working on Lion King at the time that these movies were being were, uh, made. So I didn't, you know, I didn't feel I wasn't expecting for a movie with no human characters, entirely CGI, uh, um, you know, from the characters to the landscapes to whatever. You, you can't. I, I, I really didn't expect to have any, you know, breakdowns in the visuals. I didn't think there were going to be any moments where I was like, "Oh, wait, that's not a real lion." That's you know. Then, then the reviews, okay, uh, and that's when things kind of uh, soured. Uh, the the reviews came in, and they're really no better than Aladdin. I, you know, it's in like the mid fifties on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, the meta score is, is, you know, in the forties or fifties, probably, um, it's got a 3.0 average on Letterboxd. It's, 
doesn't paint a pretty picture. And when I started to read some of the you know non-spoiler reviews, they were not very kind. They were not kind at all. And that really sucked. You know, I admit I'm not a person who really cares for remakes all the time. I, I would love to see Disney do more original movies. But I've I generally enjoyed most of these live-action remakes. I thought Cinderella was very good. I liked Beauty and the Beast and Jungle Book. And I enjoyed Aladdin, even though I didn't think it was good. Like, Dumbo was the biggest misfire to me. And But then you point to something like Nutcracker in the Four Realms, which was largely an original film. Uh, and Or at least original from a standpoint of, you know, not remade based on a previous animated Disney movie. And... It did poorly at the box office. It was pretty awful. So, you know, like, they, I, I understand why they're making all these movies because they're making insane amounts of money. Lion King made $192 million in its opening weekend, and it's on track to make, I don't know, like $600 million domestically, over a billion dollars worldwide. Like, that's just, that's so, so incredible and, and lucrative and you know, if you could do that, why wouldn't you, right? But when the reviews came out and Lion King was touted as, you know, a shell of the the former's glory and hollow and lifeless, part of me didn't want to believe it. Part of me didn't. Part of me was really disappointed and and thought there's no way it can be that bad. You know, some of these half-star, one-star, one-and-a-half-star reviews, I thought, no way is it this bad. And I I sort of clung to some of the fresh reviews that I saw on Rotten Tomatoes that mostly kind of boiled down to, it's not the original, but the original, you know, if it's a shot-for-shot remake, the original is so good that this one can't help but be propped up by, you know, the skeleton of the original and how great that was in that's kind of where I was at in the first place, you know, how, yes, it, it may not do anything new, but if it's only aping a movie that I think is amazing, how bad can it really be? So, I told my girlfriend to, uh, I knew I was going to be with her when it came out, so I had her get tickets uh, Thursday Thursday evening, 6.20, and then I also had her get tickets for Friday, because I thought there's a good chance I'll want to see this again, and so she did, and, you know, we got the tickets before any of the reviews came out, but then they did, and so Friday became unlikely to see it a second time. Thursday rolls around, we went and saw the movie. We barely got there on time, as it turned out, and when the Circle of Life started playing, when that first chord hit, and you know the sun rose, and we started to you know scan through all the animals and all these shots that I was just like, I remember this, 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 and I, I it could not help help but put a smile on my face. The music 
is is just as brilliant and beautiful and wondrous and majestic as it always was. The visuals are incredible. The, 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 I, I don't know how you... The, the, they're just in, 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 insane. It, it's just insane that those are not real lions on the screen. It, it blows my mind. Um, uh, you know, we get Rafiki carrying um, Simba to the edge of Pride Rock, and we get Mufasa and Sarabi looking on, and, and all the animals bowing and chittering and roaring and, and yelping and, and neighing and whatever they do and braying and etc. in response. And we get that doom as the title card comes down. And it just felt so real. And it felt surreal that this movie was real, that this movie existed, that, that I was getting a live-action Lion King that looked amazing, had an incredible voice cast, it still sounded and felt like the original, and and then things started to, to kind of uh, unravel as the film progressed, and I guess spoilers for The Lion King, but it's a, you know, there's really no new things in it, as far as I could tell. Slight changes in some of the dialogue, slight changes in some of uh, the character interactions, mostly for the worse, in my opinion. Uh, but, and I, I won't touch on any of the differences, but from an overarching plot standpoint, you've seen The Lion King. If you haven't, you know what The Lion King is. As we progress through the film and you know, Just Can't Wait to Be King, and Everything the Light Touches, and the Stampede sequence, Run Away, Run Far Away, Never Return, Aguna Matata, yada, yada, yada. Uh, I, I can't... I, I admit that there are many times where I felt drawn in by my, by my nostalgia and connected to this film, but more often than not, I couldn't. I, I couldn't help but agree with those the, the reviewers that said it's kind of a hollow shell of the original. And I think the biggest reason. I think the biggest reason for that is in the animation of it all, is in the CGI. When, when you look at <coughs> the original, and the face on Simba. When the camera zoom, well, quote unquote camera, when the camera zooms in on Simba's face in the animated version, when the stampede starts, you see his ears drop, his mouth hangs open, his eyes go wide. He is petrified, petrified of what is about to take place. And when you watch that scene in this version, you can hear the terror in in uh, shoot. What's his? What's the kid's name? that voices young Simba. Uh, J.D. McCrary, you can hear J.D. McCrary's concern and, and terror, but you don't see it. You can't see it on the face of Simba. You cannot fear see the fear in these animals. You can't see the emotions on these animals' faces. And... I think the only an uh, the only character that really got 
the, two, I would say two characters were able to overcome that. The first is Timon, mostly because he's not a lion, and his mouth opens up a lot wider, and so I think you can see the, the shades and variations of emotions on his face better. And the other is Scar. I think Scar's face um, is, is much more conducive to variations of, of emotions. That could also be because the emotions that Scar is portraying are very different from many of the other characters. Uh, you know, when you're trying to be evil, it's a very different motif and aesthetic. And he's really the only one that has to have that. And I think that pays off very well for Scar. <clears throat> um, and that really sucks. <laughs> it really does, because so much of the original Lion King and so much of these characters in the story is rooted in the emotions of it all. If you don't feel Mufasa's death, if you don't feel Simba's outcast status and exclusion and departure, if you don't feel for these characters, if you can't you know, connect to the joy and wonder of meeting Timon and Pumbaa, of, of living this free lifestyle, or the reunite, uh, being reunited with Nala the way that the characters are supposed to, uh, then the film just is going to fall flat. It's, it's not going to feel as good. It's not going to make as much sense. It's not going to connect to you at all. Uh, you know, if you're not afraid when all the hyenas surround uh, Simba and Nala when they're kids, um, all these things are, are working together or are supposed to work together to create this film and create this emotional experience. And this version of The Lion King for me, at least, just does not cross that barrier, does not cross that line. I can hear it. I, you know, not to take anything away from the voice acting. I thought the voice acting across the board was very, very good. And I could hear the emotions. I could hear the fear and the anger and so on. But when the faces of the characters don't match up, it's, it's you know, what's the point? When the faces of the characters are just blank, what is the point? And now, to be fair, you know, they're going for photorealistic. They're going for these are real lines that could actually exist. And I think from that angle, it's admirable to show those creatures. And you know, you look at the original version, and I had a conversation on Twitter about this the other day. The original animated version, like, those aren't creatures that could actually exist. They don't look <coughs> like real lions look. They don't have facial expressions like real lions. And yet, but these do. Like, this is a real Simba in the real world. And now, I've seen animals, uh, you know, dogs and cats, and I've interacted with them. I've seen them happy. I've seen them ex excited. I've seen them scared and angry. So I know that these emotions are on these on, can be on the faces of these creatures without them telling me that that's how they feel, which is all the more puzzling as to why they don't come across in this. And now, you know maybe lions are different. Obviously, I haven't seen a ton of lions in the wild, and even the ones I've seen at the zoos aren't necessarily feeling anger and betrayal and, and fear and, and joy and whatnot. 
So maybe there's a tiny bit of dis, uh, disconnect there, but cats absolutely can look happy, absolutely can look upset and angry and afraid and evil. We've seen, you know, there are millions of cat memes out there and cat Twitter accounts and cat Instagrams and cat tumblers and you know there's many examples of cats looking like they're feeling things and too often they don't look that way in this movie too often way too often but enough about the visuals enough about that aspect of the movie because there's so much more to it like i like i said and like has kind of been advertised, it's mostly a shot-for-shot remake. Every, well, not every, most of the scenes in the original show up in this movie. Some of them are stretched out a little longer, some of them are condensed and cut, some of them are tweaked and altered, but it's pretty much identical. Um, So there's not a lot to really critique about the story. Uh, I think a lot of the beats that this hits, the original hit, it, it tells it as almost as competently as the original. Um, I think some changes were made more for the fact of... um, I don't know, just the visual element of it all. I felt like Rafiki kind of got the shaft in this one. He did not feel... He felt the most different uh, from going from the animated to the live-action version. Uh, I really was, which was upsetting. I thought Rafiki was a a very fun character in the original, and they kind of neuter him in this movie. He comes across as as very, I don't know, like, downtrodden. I don't know, he he just seems so depressed. And there's so many moments in the original where uh, he's he's upbeat and, and... off his rocker, and that doesn't really show up as much in this version. Uh, Timon and Pumbaa, good. I, I Billy Eichner is great. Uh, he second, he's probably second to Ejiofor as far as vocal performances go for me. I thought Eichner did his singing voice is, is splendid. He really captures uh, the essence of Timon in a almost Nathan Lane way, but but just distinct enough to make it more his own. Uh, and and edgy for a scar. Uh, his his line reading of the, the the scene where just after Mufasa dies, Scar return you know f- finds his way down to the bottom of the gorge, and uh, Simba's you know mourning the loss of his father, and he won't work, wake up. Scar's line reading throughout throughout this entire scene is impeccable. From, you know, run away Simba and never return. And, you know, telling, convincing him that he's responsible for his father's death. And finally, culminating it all with, as Simba's running away, the hyenas appear on either side of Scar. His line reading of the line, kill him, is... It's the best line in the in the movie. It's it's easily the best line in the movie. I, there's no competition. Donald Glover and Beyonce are good. Uh, they don't really stand out that much. 
I thought the song rendition of Can You Feel the Love Tonight that they duet is a lot of a lot of fun. It sounds really nice. The actual sequence of it all is is strange because it's not set at night anymore. It's just like midday, late afternoonish. Uh, so that was kind of weird, but I liked the rendition of that song. <clears throat> and I guess the the new Beyonce single, which I think is called Spirit, did nothing for me and really doesn't have a place in the movie. Uh, personally, I don't know. I wish they'd done like a He Lives in You or something from like the musical from the Broadway musical that is so this kind of all brings me to a couple of things the first matter is I've seen a ton of movies as you well know and I've seen a ton of remakes I've seen a ton of reboots reimaginings um in my life and uh I've never you know, even, even, you know, this is one of the first, one of the ones that I've seen, I saw the original in theaters, I don't really remember seeing it then, but it came out while I was alive, and now the remake is out, and Aladdin has done that as well, and obviously Spider-Man, and all the Spider-Men have done that, but this is the first time seeing a remake and, and feeling like they just... I don't know, like, like, like they, I don't know, I mean, I guess it's because I wasn't super attached to the original Aladdin as much as I am to Lion King, but I just kind of did not feel as nonchalant and, and complacent about it as I did, as I have with so many others, like, I don't I I don't feel any particular nostalgia to the spider to Raimi Spider-Man as much as I think that's the best Spider-Man. So I wasn't really like upset when they made Amazing Spider-Man and definitely was not upset when they rebooted it to Spider-Man Homecoming. And you know, all the other ones I've seen, most of the originals came out before I was born. Um, or I didn't get to see the original until many, many years after it was released in theaters. So it did kind of feel like I've lived with The Lion King for so long. Now they're remaking it, and they've kind of, I don't know, they they, they struck out, I guess. They they, they didn't, I, I'm not going to say that they, they tarnished the original for me, because I don't think that's the case, and I don't really think remakes do that to me. But, I don't know, it, just, it really feels weird to have experienced a movie remake, remaking a movie that you grew up with, that you cherish, that you love, that you, that you value. And this is really the first time I've felt that way. I don't know, you know, if I'll feel that way about The Little Mermaid or Mulan when those come out. You know, Mulan is a movie that I absolutely love, so there's a good chance uh, if that turns out to not be a good movie... I could feel that way about it. Um, but other than that, like it's it's pretty much just The Lion King. And so having that reaction to it, you know, it does kind of... I, I would say it kind of feels like a lesser version of, you know, 
someone who grew up with the original Star Wars movies and then saw the prequels. I did not grow up with the original Star Wars movies, so I didn't have that visceral, like, how dare they do this kind of reaction to them, to the prequels when they came out. And I don't, I don't have that reaction to this Lion King, like, how dare they, but it does really feel unnecessary to me. Um, and I got into that conversation on Twitter, too, and as I respect the idea that for someone who saw the original and wanted to see these characters in real life, that this is amazing, that this is exactly what they wanted. And, and I, I think that that's a great thing. I, I would not take that away from those people. Um, it just isn't for me. I, I never sat around wondering what it would be like to see a real Simba because, I mean, I kind of did with the Broadway musical. That was my real Simba. And I don't think that's the case for everyone else. And, and I don't think that everyone thinks that these are unnecessary movies. But for me, it kind of felt that way. I wouldn't not make the movie, if that makes sense. I think, you know, obviously it's going to be very financially successful. There were thousands and tens of thousands of people that probably worked on it. And I am super pleased that all of them had jobs that they got they did such extraordinary work, um, particularly in the visual department. Uh, you know, it gave roles to these actors, um, and, and so on and so forth. And, you know, I, I would have loved for this to be a great movie, uh, for it to be a unique IP great movie, but it's not. And even the worst films, which this is certainly not, this is not one of the worst films ever. It's not it's barely a bad film, if at all. Uh, even those films, though, you know, can ignite careers, can lead to, you know, masters in their craft. And, you know, maybe that's not going to be, uh, you know, most of the cast members of this movie from a vocal performance standpoint, they're already names. They already have careers. They don't need the help. But a lot of the technical levels... Maybe do. I, I have no idea, you know. Mark Lavolsi, the editor of the film, I don't know his name. He's worked on a dozen movies. Maybe this helps him. Um, production design, James Chinland. That sounds like a name I know. He's done the Planet of the, two of the Planet of the Apes movies. The recent ones, he did Requiem for a Dream. He did the first Avengers movie. So, I mean, he's got a career. But, like, those are the kind of high-level guys. Like, they're... Thousands and thousands of people that worked on this movie, if any of them ascends to a point where, you know, they, I don't know, change the game, right? Change the industry, the, the scope and landscape of it. Maybe they got their start here. Maybe this kick, kicked their career into another gear. And if that's at all possible... I think that's why you want as many movies as you can get. Because then you can have as many people working as possible and you can, you know, achieve finding the best of the best. You know, if there's only 10 directors that work in the world, you know, and and the odds of making sure you have the best director possible, slim. If there are thousands, finding the best director is a lot easier because, 
you know, there's you're more likely to have him be directing at that point. If that makes sense. The other thing, um, another thing, I did a review of the original Lion King on this show uh, years ago. It was August 9th, 2017. I did retro review number three, The Lion King. Uh, it was a little poor audio quality. Um, for the, about the first 15 minutes or so, I was recording through my laptop microphone and not the microphone I use I generally regularly regularly use uh, which is uh, you know its own issue and um, yeah I, I would say check that out if you haven't because I don't know I you know I watched it once upon a time two years ago and, and loved it and wanted to go back to it and I think it's worth, this is a film that is worth revisiting. It is worth experiencing and seeing as a kid. And I am proud to be someone who grew up watching The Lion King. I you know, would gladly show my kids this movie. I think it is a staple and, and should be treated as such. I think there's, I, I really don't feel like this movie is damaging in any way. Its biggest fault is that it's a copy. And, you know, if you're copying, you know, some of the best films in the ever made are copies of other films. Uh, tweaked maybe a little bit more than this Lion King is from the original, but nevertheless, copies. And... The prospect of original ideas is uh, its a difficult one. It's hard to find those. Hopefully, hopefully, uh, this will... I don't know. I, I'd love to see the people involved in this movie go on and do different things now. Uh, I, I don't really think Favreau should keep directing live-action Disney movies. Although, you know, I'm sure... He will. I'm sure he will. Um, <clears throat> the Lion King. Um, there's not much else to talk about, really. It's a shame, I think. You know, this is a huge movie. You know, millions of people are going to watch it. And I, I think... I'm not going to say don't see it, because I don't, well, I don't think my opinion is going to change your mind, but I also don't think it's worth avoiding. Like, I wouldn't go out of my way to not see this movie by any means, and 
if you like the original. I, I don't. I said this earlier. I, I don't subscribe to the opinion, the idea that a remake damages the original. Like you know, may, maybe a sequel can. A sequel can definitely damage uh, its its predecessor, but a remake not so much. It is a completely different movie. This is not. A continuation. It is not changing the characters of the original movie in any way, shape, or form. It is just showing them in a different way from a different person's perspective. And the original still is there. It's still beautiful. It's still a great movie. It's still watchable and viewable. And this one exists as well. <laughs> and maybe that's maybe that's its crime that it exists. But. We can't change it now. It's too late. I think, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I can't, I would, other than making the visual emotions apparent on the characters' faces, uh, there's not a ton else I would really want to change, honestly. I think uh, some of the smaller, you know, dialogue and and plot tweaks that the movie chooses to do, chooses to make, are are for the worse. But they're not egregious errors um, outside of perhaps Rafiki. Would I watch a sequel to this? So would I watch Lion King 2 in live action? Oh, man. Um, I mean, I would. Obviously, I would watch it. Do I want them to make that? No. No. Don't think they should. Uh, I, I really wish they'd stop making the remakes. If, if for nothing else, then to just get the dialogue and conversation of, you know, Disney's a shill and, and Disney only cares about money. I just, I hate that conversation true or not it, it just I don't know it doesn't go anywhere but um, yeah Disney 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 and the Lion King so uh, yeah um, I think this is a better movie than Aladdin I think it's a way better movie than Dumbo I don't think that it is as good as Cinderella or the Jungle Book or Beauty and the Beast uh, so if I'm looking at this year, I haven't rated it yet. It's the next film I have to do and enter into my spreadsheet. I'm looking at like a 48, 49. I don't know if it quite ekes out a 50, maybe. I gave Aladdin a 46. I think this is just a little bit better than that, um, which is interesting. You know, this is something I was like, I had high hopes for and it, you know, underperformed. Whereas Aladdin, I had very low expectations and it overperformed. So they both kind of... Started at opposite ends of the spectrum and kind of met in the middle from a rating standpoint. Um, I don't know. It, it's it's not going to, you know, Lion King, the original, is always going to be a favorite. Always going to be on my top X number of movies, however many, at least top 100. It's what currently sits at number... 59, currently my 59 highest rated film of all time. Uh, it's 
<clears throat> last I updated, it was number 45 overall on IMDb's top 250. So it was it was bound to happen, right? It was bound to happen. Bound to happen. Huh. Okay. Um, I don't know. I, I'm kind of worn out. I <laughs> just like uh, this movie. It, it just. I just I wanted so much more from it. I think that's the biggest thing. I I just it let me down. Is probably its biggest crime. Is it just it let me down? And it didn't let down everyone who was a fan of the original. It didn't let down everyone who went and saw it. And I'm happy for those people. I really, truly am. But for me, it was a letdown. Uh, so, The Lion King, 2019. John Favreau, Donald Glover, Beyonce, James Earl Jones, Joel Edgy Four, etc., etc., etc. That's it. That is it. Whew. All right. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you would like to find more episodes, you can find them on iTunes, Stitcher, most places podcasts can be found, or go over to the website circlefilm.com. You can find me on Twitter at Circle of Film, Letterboxd at Circle of Film, or email me, circleoffilm at gmail.com. If you'd like to support the show, like it, rate it, review it, subscribe it, or patreon.com slash circleoffilm. You can become a patron for as little as eight cents an episode. There are benefits and bonus things available to you if you so want those things thank you for listening and as always as always have a week so long farewell i'll be the same night. i know she'll never leave me even as she fades from view so long Nothing's really left or lost without a trace. Nothing's gone forever, only out of place. So long, farewell, oh, what I'll be to say. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute.